0: Super Bowl Sunday. I'm recording this it, like in record time. We're going to make this podcast happen. We're going to upload it. We're going to move on with our day because my oh my, this week I've got going on. Hoo boy. Um, Welcome to the Sick Palette Podcast. I'm your host, Deepa Shrider, and every week every week we talk about three food things, Uh, foodish things. Ah, Some weeks have more food than others, but (laughs) food and drink and everything, food and drink adjacent is what we talk about on this podcast. And uh, we talk about three things and then we get in, we get out as quick as we can. Some weeks are a little bit longer than others. Um, This one's going to be a shorty. I feel it. It has to be. Um, and then we also, on the Sick Palette podcast, uh, have a lot of um, interviews coming up. So um, I'm really, really excited about what's coming up in the next few weeks. So today we got three three things next week. Next week I think we've got an interview instead. Um, let's get into thing one. one. uh, I was reading kind of um, just some numbers. I wanted to know. And thankfully, the New York Times or literally any publication will tell you exactly how much uh, food will be consumed today, Sunday. And I wanted to do a little PSA. I have no idea who's going to listen to this, right before the game. Uh, I don't. I don't know y'all's food plans, but um, it's a PSA because I was looking at the numbers. Let me let me shout out a couple of these numbers, just just so we understand. This is according to the New York Times, okay? Super Bowl foods by the numbers, and they're. They're going by like the biggest brands. Today, just today, 2 million Domino's pizzas are going to be ordered. That's 2 million today. Apparently, that's about 30% more than the average Sunday. 11 million Buffalo Wild Wings. Not talking about wings in general. I cannot... Can you imagine how many wings are going to be consumed today? But the fact is, out of all the wings that are being consumed today, whether they're being made at home or, you know, maybe they're they're bought by a local vendor, 11 million buffalo wild wings. 5.19 million cans of rotel. <laughs> So apparently, uh, the, that's the week of the Super Bowl. Typically, 3.3 3. 3 million cans during a typical week. I need to understand uh, these numbers here. Because I was like, okay, 5.19 million cans of Rotel for one week, Super Bowl week. Uh, to me, th- that sort of makes sense, right? But every week it's actually 3.3 million cans. That's still a lot of rotel every week. I I'm going to I need to do a deep dive on the ways that rotel is being used because the way I think of rotel specifically is for queso. And listen, no 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 shame if you're eating queso every week. I mean, God willing, right? But three point three million cans on average, typical week. I don't know why that's blowing my mind. That is blowing my mind. Um, four million pounds of Velveeta this week. It's we're not talking about the amount of cheese. I, you know, I'm going to get into a pretty maybe maybe a hot take on queso in thing too. but four million. Pounds of Velveeta, which is so close to cheese. It's 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 a cheese product. They say it on the box too. Prepared cheese product, but you know. Uh <laughs> and I, listen, if I'm having queso with Velveeta and Rotel, I'm happy. I'm 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 serious. Um, but I'm, I'm happier with another version. Once again, that's thing too. On a normal week, 2.4 million pounds of Velveeta are sold. That's still a lot of Velveeta, I feel like. But 4 million? Okay. Y'all got it. Uh, those were the top food numbers. My PSA has to do not, not with, listen, uh, I can get down on a Domino's. I can, I would love a plate of Buffalo Wild Wings. Um honestly, I love Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> they have so many flavors. It's nuts. Um my PSA is that I have found the crankiest time, uh the most insane time. This is just from my own sort of knowledge of like working this industry the crankiest time a customer, customer really shows all of their um, cortisol levels is Super Bowl Sunday. So this is just a reminder. If you are ordering pizza from Domino's or Buffalo Wild Wings, like God help those employees, right? God help any food service worker right now dealing with the Super Bowl rush. Because I don't, I I don't know if it's just the football of it all. It's game day. People are are so much more aggro today. So this is just sort of a a moment to be like, hey, remember, you know, I get it. You want to get your pizzas. You want to go watch the game. You want everything to just be lined up perfectly, but everyone's doing their best. And uh, I think only now we're really talking about the amount of um, how big Super Bowl Sunday is a food holiday. It always has been. I just feel like there's just a lot more like um, media writing about it now. And I think it's important to remember that this is a holiday that is based on food quantity, right? It's very different from Valentine's. It's very different Christmas. Thanksgiving. Um, this is about getting a certain kind of food and getting lots of it, and just sort of being able to have it on the table. Because as important as it is, as delicious as you want it, it still is about the game. It's going to be definitely this this year about Taylor Swift. It's going to be about. You know, the halftime show with Usher, it's going to be about talking about these cultural moments and you want to have the food ready. And that um, that means that even though food needs to be a plenty today, but it's not the main star, people get more aggro when it comes to their um, food service etiquette. And so... Just just remember to be kind. Remember, everyone's trying their best. And remember, those people that are serving you are stressed. This is a crazy day for them. That's it. Let's get into thing two. Okay, I've got a hot take for y'all. I don't know. I don't know if it's that super hot take, but it's it's hottish. It's it's, you know, it's not boiling, but it's but it's on a medium high. And this is my hot take. Uh when it comes to queso, and when I'm talking about queso, I'm talking about the Velveeta Rotel of it all. I'm talking about deeply in Tex Mex territory. When it comes to that style of queso, right? Like crock pot queso. I prefer vegan queso any day of the week. I do. When we're talking about like a more traditional version of it, which is queso fundido, obviously, obviously that that is not the case, right? Um, give give me a classic queso fundido any day over, um, you know the the Tex-Mex queso of it all. I'm talking about that yellow congealed. And we have very good versions of like really great queso here in Austin, Texas. I prefer vegan queso though. I'll tell you why. There's something really, um, this is an insane reason. I like that weird sort of um, potato starch taste of vegan queso. you know, like there are certain things that you really like, and you know, it's not necessarily um, has anything to do with like health. Uh, but it's it's just something that you just sort of look forward to. Like, I like the taste of nutritional yeast, which is uh, a huge component in a lot of vegan quesos. I also like that in vegan queso, you can hide a bunch of vegetables. It's like a It's like in a lot of like bolognese uh, recipes, there's actually quite a bit of pureed vegetables in the beginning. And everyone's like, oh, it's a meat sauce. It is. It is a meat sauce. But But you're sneaking in some veggies. It's the same thing with vegan queso, you know, especially the way I make it. If I really got my shit together, guys, can you imagine next Super Bowl Sunday, I have like recipes and content for you? I can already tell you what my ideal Super Bowl Sunday menu is. Maybe I save that for next year. I need to write this down. I'm just going to, like, use this podcast as my, like, editorial calendar for 2025. Really useful stuff, guys. Um, I like I like the potato starch, a vegan queso. I like nutritional yeast, the taste of it. Um, I also like the fact that it never... Gets that like film, that cheese film, you know, that happens when you just have like queso. And if you're using real cheese, it's going to have the cheese film that, that that's that's what it means to have uh, real cheese. It's why Velveeta is so popular today, because I don't know if Velveeta congeals. It's a it's a pasteurized cheese product, but it is not necessarily cheese. Um, so I you know who I should ask? I should ask Alex, aka Fromage for You on Instagram. I should ask him, why does Velveeta not congeal in the same way that real cheese does? I would love to hear that answer from him. Put putting another note, things I need to do in the future, but that's in the near future. Um, yeah. I just, I I like vegan queso if we're going to go the Rotel route. Uh, you know, you can puree carrots. You got that nutritional yeast. You got, there's all kinds of great like shredded vegan cheese. Then I like to add like some mushrooms in there, puree it all, add your spices. It's delicious. It It, it is. I say put down the Velveeta. Look up a really delicious vegan queso recipe or buy some. My God, there's so many now. And have that, have that with your buffalo wild wings. I was going to say wild buffalo wings. I don't think that's what it is. Buffalo wild wings, you know, like have the real blue cheese, but then have some vegan queso. Vegan queso is not just for vegans is my, is my opinion. It's for everybody. And it's more delicious than Velveeta with Rotel. Rotel with um vegan queso, absolute banger. It's my hot take. Vegan queso. It's delicious. Um, let's get into thing three. And the last story is um I I it's one of those like great examples of like God, you've got a good point. Uh, you don't know how to deliver your message. <laughs> so uh, I guess for the past few weeks, um, there has been a new way to sort of protest uh, food insecurity, uh, the sustainability of uh, everyone. everyone's right to to have a full stomach which is really really important. Uh everyone's right to live in a world where uh each of us each of us are battling climate change together. You know, in a in an ideal society uh we wouldn't have billionaires trying to figure out how to make the best bunker when the world is ending, and instead those billionaires using that money to literally feed the earth, right? Food insecurity does not actually have to be something. uh, It doesn't have to exist, actually. Uh, And that's what's so insane about it you know sustainability is achievable if the richest in the world just literally gave a small percentage of their billions um to make this world a little bit more equitable i'm not going to go into uh all of the reason reasonings of why people don't do that and where we are as a culture when it comes to um our our greatest our greatest monster we've ever created which is capitalism but essentially i i, I would say that most people i know agree on these points all right so i i want to start there that's the baseline that's where we're at Now these protesters, now here's where I'm like, huh. I do a little bit of like a, hmm. Um, People are going into art museums like the Louvre and um, throwing soup at like the Mona Lisa. There was a a German group called Last Generation that (laughs) tossed mashed potatoes uh, on a Monet painting. And um, what is kind of insane about people that are tossing soup on, like, uh, Van Gogh and Monet and this Da Vinci painting um, is that they're all protected behind glass. So when you're throwing food at it, it's not really damaging the painting. So I'll give them that, you know. Uh, But... Essentially, they're saying people are starving, people are dying, people are freezing. Uh, what are you more afraid of? This soup on a painting? Man? Or or the fact that we're not going to be able to like feed everyone on this planet in a few years. While I agree with the sentiment, I'm, I'm failing to understand the connection here. Um and that's that's where I would love to sort of understand that through line because I'm not sure how one has to do with another. I get it that these paintings are being sold for millions and we're preserving them but ruining art I I don't know why people equate great art as frivolous, right? We make make a huge point that culture and art are are very important in this world. But so is food. Um, If you want to make your point, why aren't you throwing your soup? And by the way, aren't you wasting food when you're throwing food? I understand it's symbolic, right? You're trying to make it viral. You're trying to make an internet moment. And and you know what? All of these groups, every single major publication, every single major news outlet picked up the story. So you wanted a viral moment. This is over-the-top viral. But I just find the through line to be really, really uh, sort of muddled and mixed. Like you're going after art. And... I don't feel like that's such a salient point. Instead, why don't they like go after like, I don't know, a luxury car factory or like, you know what I mean? Like actually don't go after anyone. Just a disclaimer. Don't, don't do it. But if you are going to throw soup at something, why don't you throw soup at something that really is damaging the planet. The Mona Lisa is not damaging the planet, right? The Louvre is actually like an amazing thing. It is amazing to have these places that continue to preserve beautiful art that we've made for centuries and centuries. Why is that? where you're trying to make your moment. That's where it gets lost to me. You're trying to say that art has nothing to do with sustainability. And that's where it gets like strange. Like it, climate change, food sustainability are really important issues. My problem is, is when you make bombastic protests like this, it makes you look silly. It makes you look like you're not using like all of your cognitive capabilities to make that point land. And what has happened, just like the rest of our world, is like when we do have a good point, virality takes over instead of making a clear, concise point land. It's more important to go viral but you're going viral because it looks stupid, right? You're going viral not because people are like, oh my God, this is a really like serious problem. Thank you for landing the plane so effectively. You're going viral and you're making it look still like this is a, a cause that only matters to people who think throwing soup at a painting behind a glass window is doing something. The story is being picked up not because of climate change. The story is being picked up because it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You have a good point. Land the plane. Land it correctly is all I'm saying. It's it's the the internet has broken us all a little bit. Um. We we refuse to make things effective in our storytelling. If at the end of the day, there's a chance to go viral. And and I get it. Like maybe you're saying, okay, well, it, it is actually in this point, in this case, more important to be viral. Than to make um, a point that makes sense, because every major outlet picked it up, but it's being picked up for the wrong reasons. It's not. It's we're living in a world where we don't give uh, our own species enough credit. We we assume that we're all too stupid to get the point. So that's where we get to. No, 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 no. Let's instead throw soup at Mona Lisa. Instead of, hey, why don't we try and build a platform that really can affect change? Do you, you know what I'm saying? We we and and I get it. There's a lot of stupid people out there, but as. As a case for wanting to further humanity, I think we all have to start uh, treating people like they can get it. They can understand a point. (laughs) Because this is only going to cause our brain cells to continue to dwindle. You know, like... We, we we've we almost like lost the sense of irony or, or subtlety or satire or any of these like really great things that we have in humanity because instead to make our point about climate change and about food sustainability and about food, food insecurity, uh, we throw soup at a, at a painting. Uh, uh, that, that painter is dead for centuries, in some cases, right? And their art is living on. And, and you're saying, we're preserving this art. That's where all of the climate change problems are. It's not, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Maybe I'm missing something. You know, and and, um, there are a lot of uh, protests happening in France. Farmers are asking for better wages and, um, you know, making the case for a sustainable life. And they need it. And they should. I just wish... We were able to make these very, very, very important points. Um, I wish people cared about um, making them effective. I think moving forward, being an effective communicator should be more important than going viral. We all just need to take take a couple, take a couple steps back. It shouldn't be anyone's goal out there when you're trying to make a point, when you're using the internet to go viral. It should be that you should go get effective. Be effective. I, uh, th- I uh, That's all I got. That's all I got. Um, I will link to one of the stories about it um, so you guys can read it on your own. Let me know. Let me know if I'm missing a point. Let me know like the the thing that I'm missing here if I'm missing something. But I think that's that's the pod, y'all. We did it. Weekend pod over. Um next week, next week is not going to be as I mentioned up at the top. Uh not going to be a three things podcast. It is going to be an interview podcast um with a really amazing guest. Um, she's a chef that I've been wanting to have for a while and we, we do talk a little bit about social media. We talk about a lot of things actually. Um, I, I'm really excited about that interview because she just, she killed it, killed it. Um, also new subsection alert, sip palette is, uh, now on the sub stack and that is going to be where all of the wine takes are happening uh cocktail recipes, videos, a lot of video content is happening this year on uh the Sick Palette Substack and Sick Palette Instagram. Uh give it a follow um if you haven't already but uh if you are interested in becoming a paid subscriber because there is going to be a whole lot more content you get all of the recipe archives You get all of the post archives. Um, This is a great time to do it because we're really starting to rev up and and you will be like ready to just have all of that content coming through. And um, you can do that for $5 a month. You can do that for $30 a year. You can do that at any amount you want to if you want to be uh, a founding member, oh, and you want to do a little bit over 30. Um, and if none of those plans work, email me. I'm serious. Email me. Let me know what works for you, and we can we can figure it out. Um, thank you guys so much, and I will talk to you all soon. Enjoy the game.